Um, so first, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Laura Bush, um, and I, uh, yeah, I didn't write this part out, so. Um, but I live in Cheshire with my husband, and we've been coming to Trinity for about six years, a little over. Um, and I've been a Christian since I was about 13, uh, and did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, and in thinking about this topic, so, so the basic topic is going to be Bible intake and prayer. Okay, so it's, it's pretty basic, right? Like most of us uh, have been trained in like you're supposed to do this every day, right? So I was likewise as a teenager uh, trained in such a way. I knew what I was supposed to do. Um, I was a brand new Christian. I read the Bible like crazy. Like I'd never read it before. Never, very little exposure to it, if any. And uh, and I know I I read like nuts. The rest I don't really. I, I don't remember for many years what my practice was like on a regular basis. Um, I went off to college and I was part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and and there it was. I know it was very explicit. We were taught how to do it. Um, and encouraged to do it, and and I know I had seasons where um, that was very fruitful. Um, I also had seasons where it was like, this is kind of boring, and I don't understand what I'm doing, and I don't know how to pray, and um, like, you know, whole parts of the scriptures were just like opaque. Like, I had no idea what's going on. Why am I reading this? Um, and. And in fact, I was a full-fledged adult in middle age before I actually had read every book of the Bible. Uh, Ezekiel was the last one to fall. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, um, so, but I've always been a reader, right? So in many ways, reading the Bible came, you know, if not naturally, it, it, it wasn't too much of a stretch. I tended not to get, like, I tended to do that somewhat, um, even if prayer came harder. Like, I know that I, I know that I would cry out to God when I was, whatever, afraid, confused. Um, but oftentimes I would be like that and I wouldn't cry out to God. It was not my reflex for many years as a Christian. Um, so over the years, um, I've, I've struggled, as many people do. Different seasons of life are really different. Um, when I had young children, I think you know those of you with kids can can uh, identify. It's it's really challenging to get 15 minutes alone. Um, and for me, I really do best with habits when they're regular, like same time, same place, same everything every day. And and that be, just becomes really hard with uh, children. Um, and other things, obviously, that interfere with our lives and our schedules, changes. Um, I, you know, again, off and on, I had periods of where I was really locked in, and I, and I had maybe a particular method of approaching my time with the Lord, and, and it worked, and it worked, and it worked, and then it started not to work, so to speak. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that there were uh, many periods of you know, not years, uh, maybe months, uh, where I really didn't read my Bible on my own at all. Um, and prayer, you know, has continued to be the harder, the harder part of that, uh, of that duo. Um, but in recent years, um, I'm going to say about 15 years ago, but I could be totally wrong. Like, I have no sense of, I don't know. You know, it feels to me like 1995 was five years ago. So, you know, uh, you can't trust me on these things. But um, one of the things I began to do uh, was read uh, Puritan authors. And we just had this class on John Owen. Um, I started with uh, authors that were a little more accessible than John Owen, for which I'm grateful. Um, and there are, in case any of you are in that class, you were like, oh, I should read John Owen. Well, I have a whole list of people you can read who will be easier to start with. Get to John Owen. He's excellent. But anyway, that's, a, that's just a bonus. Um, but what I found in the, in the Puritans was, um, was a knowledge of scripture that came out in, 
in every sentence, practically. And they weren't quoting. <laughs> you know, occasionally, you know, they did quote. But it would be phrases. It would be just thoughts that were clearly drawn from scripture. Um, and I'm sure I missed some of them because I didn't know the Bible as well. But I, but I learned from that, like, wow, the value of that. Um, and it really challenged me. Like, I don't know the scriptures that well. And um, I also found in the Puritans that just a, such a strong and very real um, faith that God really was who he says he is. And they took these scriptures really seriously as, as if they're true, <laughs> which sounds silly. Like most of us, I'm pretty sure, are convinced that uh, the Bible is the word of God and it's true and it's for us and it's good. Um, but sometimes in our experience, it doesn't feel like that. Like, is this really true? And it's easy to kind of, I've found it's easy to, to let some of the, let some of what went on that we read about in scripture um, just become a little bit like fairy tale. Um, like, do we really believe, you know, the God parted the sea and they walked through on dry land? Like what, were there walls of water? Like, we can sort of imagine it, but in my imagination, it looks like a storybook, right? It doesn't seem real. Um, so, so, so the Puritans were really, really helpful for me in that way. The other thing I read was a, a biography, uh, no, the autobiography of George Mueller. And George Mueller is famous for answers to prayer. Um, he prayed, he prayed about everything and he relied on God to answer prayers in ways that most of us have probably never experienced. Um, he was a builder of orphanages and he relied for the money to build these orphanages in the 19th century. Um, he relied on prayer. I mean, he just relied on God and he didn't ask for money. He didn't, you know, overtly, you know, publicize his needs or go around uh, to churches saying, you know, I want to build this orphanage. Can you give me some money? Like he didn't do any of that, um, but he prayed and he prayed in uh, specific ways. And he saw what to me certainly are remarkable responses. So, so the kids would have nothing to eat at breakfast and he would be praying. He knew this was true. There was no breakfast for the children and he would pray, you know, probably before breakfast. Um, and there were times when they had sat down, the children were sitting there and ready, and a knock comes on the door, and some guy, you know, from a bakery says, Man, I have all this extra stuff, can you use it? You know, and then the children were fed. And this kind of thing happened over and over. Um, but I got to thinking, I mean, that, that alone is very challenging, and we can talk about that, um, you know, as we, as we get more into uh, the prayer part of this class. But, but I got, I, what I realized in the autobiography um, is how steeped in scripture George Mueller was and how there was a line somewhere about how many times he had read through the entire Bible. And it was in the hundreds easily. I, I don't remember the number, but I remember it was like, oh, maybe this is why he could pray like that. Maybe this is why he had that faith that God would really answer prayer. And, I, and that was what I saw um, really clearly. And I was just like, I need to do that. I need to do that. I, you know, I wasn't seeing fruit in my prayer life much. And, and I had never, probably when I read that, I probably you know, never read the entire Bible in a year, for instance. Um, and I decided that's what I wanted to do. Um, and in that time, uh, you know, since that time, uh, I mean, I decided to read, I just set apart, I, by this time I didn't have young children, so I had a freer schedule. Um, and I was able to read, uh, so my daughter actually stimulated me the first time to read the whole Bible in a year. I'd never done that. She was about 16. And um, I thought, well, Good grief, if Amy can do it, surely I can. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. I've been a Christian all this time and never done that. Um, so I said, I, so 
you know, she, she was my uh, uh, catalyst, um, and I did it. And then after that, um, I realized, well, that wasn't all that hard, actually. Um, and I started reading more than that. So for several years, I'm going to say maybe five years or something, I read through the Bible multiple times over a year. Sometimes as much, I think three was the most, but it also would included some reading plans, have you repeat the New Testament or repeat the Psalms and Proverbs. Or, so it, it always had some of that repetition in it. Um, and it was a lot of reading, like, like no joke. Um, but I read morning and evening, and I read you know, chap chunks at a time. And I read, I'll talk more about that later. But, um, but anyway, I, I, I saw all this fruit. And I began finding other practices along the way that I found really helpful uh, for my prayer life and for absorbing the scriptures. So that's where this class really begins. Um, and just stuff that I've found that has been really helpful for me. And I've grown you know, more in these last 15 years than, than I probably had up till that point. Um, and I just want to share these things. Um, last fall, uh, so I, a year ago, I started taking seminary classes uh, online at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And this past summer, fall, August, September, I took a class in spiritual disciplines. And my professor uh, was Donald Whitney, who's written this book, um, which is called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. This book, there are several copies um, in the bookstall. And bookstall books are discounted. So uh, check them out. Um, he goes through all a lot of spiritual disciplines here, um, and, and did and covered quite a few, not quite all of these, but quite a few in the class. It was an eight-week class. Um, so he covers Bible intake, he covers prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence and solitude, journaling, learning. Um, and, and he's very practical. Um, and in the class, he was just, it was very practical and very like, try this. You know. And uh, later on, we're going to talk about Bible meditation, and he provided like 17 ways to do it. And so it was very practical. You know, you could look at it and you could go, oh, I could try that. Um, and I haven't tried them all. Um, I've tried a number of them. But, uh, and the other thing that he's really passionate about, and he has a separate book about, is called Praying the Bible. And I think there's a copy of that in the bookstall as well. It's a little, it's a little book. Um, yeah, go ahead. This one, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Thank you. Yep. If I may give a plug, you can actually find a digital copy of that online for free also. Yeah. And Dr. Whitney um, is passionate about getting this material in the hands of folks, people in churches. Uh, he travels around the world giving this material. He does week, you know, weekend like, I don't know, class week workshops or something like that. And he's very generous with his what he's done here. So as the class goes on, you're going to see some of that um, that will be actually like straight from the pen of of Donald Whitney. And um, and he's glad for his students to to do that, um, very generous and just passionate about these things. So that was really encouraging and gave me some more. Um, it, but it, it dovetailed so nicely what, with what I'd already found kind of on my own and pulling from different sources. So that's where this comes from. <laughs> um, and so we're going to do, it's five, it's five classes, and let me just just briefly, I, I could have done a handout. I probably should have, but I didn't. Uh, so today's just going to be an introduction. Uh, you've already heard some of that. Um, but we're going to talk about why we do these things, um, basically. That's today. Uh, the next class will be focused on Bible intake. And I say that because we're going to talk about hearing as well as reading and studying. Um, so there's all different ways we intake the Bible. And and yeah, anyway, we'll get there. Uh, the third class is going to be all about meditating on the Bible. Um, then class four, we're going to start with uh, prayer. 
and the last, the last class will be some helps, some practical helps in prayer and praying the Bible. Um, so that's what's coming. Um, I would just like to ask, um, just ask, uh, what comes to mind when you hear phrases like daily devotions or in my day in university, quiet time, morning prayers? What kind of, what kind of feelings rise up? Does that, is it like spark, does it spark joy? Uh, does it feel like oh, this chore that well, I'm not very good at this? I'd just be interested in how, how it hits you, right where you are right now, and invite you to just go ahead, Ivor. My wife and I have been doing it uh, pretty much since we got married. Every morning, most mornings, I say we miss occasion. Yep. And it's become a, like a part of life. Yeah. That uh, we really miss it when it doesn't happen. It seems, you know, part of, just part of life. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, someone else? Mary. I read the Bible every day, and then someone, don't ask me who now, talked about journaling. What stands out to you? What do you feel the Lord yeah. is telling yep. you? And journaling really helps me. Yep. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, that's been helpful for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions or problems that you would like solutions for? Not that, I, not that I'm making any promises. Ivor. It gets kind of rote at times when you yep. do it every day. Yep. Like it falls into a formula. Yep. And you try to, uh, it's very difficult not to. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Whitney talks about this and he says, like, it's, sometimes we end up saying prayer, saying the same old things in the same old way. Mm-hmm. And we're praying, I mean, the things before us to pray for. We're praying for our loved ones. Well, they don't change day to day, right? I mean, you know, that's, there's, a, there's a number of people that we pray for that we're very close to. We pray for family, and, and, and we want to do that consistently. But how does it become, but it's easy to become like, yeah, I just did this yesterday, Lord, I said the same things. Can you just, <laughs> whatever. Um, Can't you just say them? <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Um, and many other things like that. We might pray for, about our work, we might pray about our witness, we might pray about you know, our missionaries, we might pray about many different things, but it's easy for it to, it to fall into just the same old things in the same old way. And, uh, and Dr. Whitney um, talked about that a lot. Like, and that's, that's what I hope, that's what we, one of the things I hope that we can look at and find some different ways to approach it so that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I think something that discourages me from time to time is uh, sort of this promise, at, at least among my generation and younger, that if you do all the right things in your morning devotion or quiet time or whatever, you'll have this like wonderful spiritual experience, and that if you if you didn't have that, you did something wrong. Yeah. or that yeah. you're missing out, or that God's favor wasn't with you for some reason. Yeah. And sometimes I'm downright afraid to miss out on that, mm-hmm. and either like I've disappointed God, or like I've done something wrong, yeah. He didn't want to talk to me, or yeah. something. I know, I know that there is, that that's not true, yeah. and that there's practical value to just, just, in taking the precious scriptures, yeah. um, saying a prayer to God that you feel like is hitting the ceiling because he hears. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. But there's been just strong influences, I think, in like mass mm-hmm. like spirituality movements mm-hmm. that have have gotten under my skin a little bit, like saying, yeah. No, you should you should feel amazing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think most of us have have heard that or been influenced by that, um, and also that feeling of guilt when when we miss a few days or or whatever, you know, guilt when we find ourselves running our eyes over the words of scripture but not actually paying any attention. Like I can do that. Like 
and I go through, I finish a chapter and I don't remember what I read because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I feel guilty, uh, you know, or I feel like, yeah, I did it wrong. Um, so yeah, looking for that big reward um, or feeling guilty about, I must be doing it wrong or God doesn't want to hear this again or all kinds of things or being, I don't know, anyone been bored reading, I don't know, Leviticus, uh, parts of numbers? Uh, you know, when you get to a genealogy, what do you do with that? Do you? It's hard. It's hard. Do you make yourself read every word and feel like, ah, well, I did that. It's a good job. I did that. Like it was pointless. It felt pointless, right? Um, but, or do we just skim over it and and then feel guilty for that, you know? So there's just a lot of, a lot of those things are really practical and really um, challenging. So anything you do every day is gonna be, um, is gonna tend to become rote. And while we want that out of some of our practices, you know, I think of uh, how many people think really hard and work really hard to brush your teeth every day. Like for most of us, that was drilled in from childhood, and you just do it. And you don't think about it. You don't think, oh, should I brush my teeth today? Like, most of us aren't doing that. Um, and that's fine. And we do it the same way, the same old way, you know, the same thing in the same old way. And you know, that's fine <laughs> for that. Um, we don't need a lot of variety in our toothbrushing habits. But when it comes to the Word of God, we feel like, well, this deserves more. And it does. But yeah. Anyway, Dave had something. Yeah, so I was gonna say when I think about the spiritual disciplines, um, I think of them similar to um, exercise or you know any of the other multitude of things that we all know we ought to be doing. Right. Um, and similar to those things that we all know we ought to be doing and sometimes aren't uh, because they're a struggle to develop that new habit um, they're also the the results are long-term results like you're not going to you know read genesis chapter one today and you know automatically have this amazing relationship with god because all of all of the spiritual disciplines, all of the life disciplines that we go through, build upon themselves, so that you know when you get to be, you know, 15 years down the road with the practice, now you can look back and go, oh, look how much I've grown. Yeah. Yep. You want to pass that back? Debbie had something. Yeah, I was saying sometimes it feels like it's more of a an intellectual pursuit or just an engagement of my mind mm -hmm. and I long for it to be an engagement of my emotions in worship and joy yeah and I do have that at yeah. times but those times are much fewer and far yeah. between and that's what I really long for yeah. that feeling of having met with God and not just you know mm -hmm. <laughs> yep yeah yeah, so a lot of those things, you know, I hope to sort of address. I'm not going to fix everything, and I'm, you know, it's, and it's not like I don't experience many of these same things um, now. Uh, it's not, you know, I haven't arrived. Um, but, but I hope we can talk about those things. And, um, and I would also like to say, if you have any specific questions or issues you hope that will be covered, if there's something you thought, oh, maybe, maybe she'll talk about this, um, feel free to let me know. I have some three by five cards up here if you just want to write something down and give it to me, I, that would be totally welcome. So, I mean, for now, I'll just put these here. Um, if anyone wants to do that or just send me an email or talk to me in person, whatever. So now I want to talk a little bit about just, um, just to give us a, a foundation for why do we do this anyway? And I think most of us have a pretty good idea so, um, yeah, but I, yeah, I feel like we need, we need this foundation for what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. Um, if you have a Bible and you want to follow along, I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 17. 
So the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is kind of, it's his last sort of speech before the people of Israel, before they enter the land. He's reviewing uh, much of the teaching that he has um, been, that they've received from the Lord over, um, over the years since the Exodus. Um, and he's, a lot of it, um, I love Deuteronomy, because so much of it is like, remember, 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 teach your children, pass it on, remember, <laughs> um, don't do these things, they lead to curses, they lead to judgment, do these things, they lead to blessing, like it's very straightforward, and, um, and I just, I find I need it, you know, I need these reminders. In Deuteronomy 17, um, I'm going to start at verse 14. He, he starts addressing um, laws about kings. So he recognizes that in the future, and God recognized this in the future, that Israel would want a king. Um, so here are some instructions. They don't have a king yet, right? But uh, as we know, they will, they will begin to get them. So here's, here's what he teaches here. When you come to the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you possess it and dwell in it, and then say, I will set a king over me, like all the nations that are around me, you may indeed set a king over you, whom the Lord your God will choose. One from among your brothers you shall set as king over you. You may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother. Only he must not acquire many horses for himself or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never return that way again. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law approved by the Levitical priests and it shall be with him, and he shall read in it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment, either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue long in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel." So this is specifically uh, addressing a future king. Um, but I think we can, we can see in this uh, a pattern that ought to, um, it, it, it ought to apply to all of us, right? If we want to, as it says, um, learn to fear the Lord our God, uh, keep all his words, do them, uh, not turn aside from the commandment to the left or the right. Um, this, is, this is what uh, Moses gives for this is how you do that. This is how you hang on to these things. And he's probably talking mostly about the, the very book of Deuteronomy um, when, he, when he says a book of a, a copy of this law. Um, and we don't, act, we don't know if any kings actually ever did this. We see a lot of evidence that they didn't obey it Right? Uh, we have kings who acquired many wives and many horses um, and turned away. Uh, and they acquired for themselves excessive silver and gold. We see a lot of that uh, as, we, as we move through the scriptures. But we don't see a lot of, um, we don't have really evidence of a lot of this, <laughs> um, really knowing the instructions that God has given. And that word law, um, it does really mean kind of instructions rather than it's not like a code of law. It's not like they're, you know, it's not like what we would find at, I don't know, City Hall or something. I don't know who has a law code, but those, you know, <laughs> you know, the laws. Um, it's not necessarily that, but it's, it's God's instruction for life and for worship and for all the things uh, that are, that's in there in the book of Deuteronomy and the previous chapters, previous books as well. So, what is the goal here? Um, it's that he may not turn aside from the commandment. It's that he keeps to this path. And throughout the scriptures, we see Israel failing to keep to that path. Why? Because they turn to this God over here. Like these guys, they have, a, they have an interesting God. 
let's, let's include him. Let, let's pull him in. Like, he might be able to help us out. Baal was like a rain god, I think. So, you know, it's a, it's a you know, we're having a drought. Maybe we should go to the rain god, you know, and, and things like that. So they were highly influenced by the people around them, the pagan peoples around them. And as you read uh, through uh, the books of Moses, you find all kinds of, you shall be holy, you shall be set apart, you should be different, you should not be like them. And here he says, uh, you know, don't put a foreigner over you who's not your brother. You know, it, you're supposed to be different from the world. Um, yeah, so, that, so, there's a, so there's a basic teaching there that one of the ways to do that is to read the word, to remember it, to keep it, to do it, to read it again, to read it again. Um, writing for yourself a book of the copy of the law, that's a pretty cool thing to do. I've never done that, but I have, um, I have written out scriptures, not for necessarily a purpose other than to engage my hand and my eyes in a different way. Um, but I don't think the detail is like, I don't think we all are required to write out a book of the law, but it would probably be a great, great thing to do. At, at one point, you could buy books that had, um, they were basically blank books, but they were keyed to a book of the Bible, and they gave you, they, they gave you the, the verse references, and they had sort of figured out about how much space that might take in handwriting, and you just filled it in, and you just wrote. And I've done some of that. Um, yeah, so nothing wrong with that, and it's a, it's a, good, it's a good practice. Um, but apart from the specifics, I think we get the message here. Uh, Paul, in the book of Romans, many of us will be familiar with this, verses, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul, here in the New Testament, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world. You know, by nature, we're kind of like chameleons, right? We, we, we kind of want to blend in with the people around us. We don't necessarily want to stand out and draw attention to ourselves, especially negative attention. Uh, it's, it's our natural, that's just natural. That's human nature. Um, because there's safety in being part of a group, we want to belong. We want to, and so we're we're living um, even more than Israel at some times of their history. We're we're living all mixed up with many people who do not know the Lord. Right? We're we're working with them. We're rubbing shoulders with them all the time. Um, and our natural, the natural thing to do is to just absorb absorb, absorb what this culture is telling us and become like that. Like that's what, if we don't do anything, that's what we'll be like, right? Now there's a lot of diversity in the culture. We might become like this or like that or like that, but, but we're influenced by what is around us, right? To a high degree, sometimes more than we know uh, because we're just immersed in it. We don't realize, oh, that's a message that's coming from the world. Um, not actually, it may, what if it's not true? Like, there are many things like that we probably never question because they're just in the water, right? It's just what we're swimming in. Um, but God calls us to be different, right? Uh, not like a chameleon, you know, whose like skin matches where, wherever he is, um, but, but to be his and distinctly his. So he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And this to me is just uh, saying in a, in a more straightforward propositional way uh, what Moses was saying to the future king. Um, you need to be different, and here's how it's gonna happen, by the renewal of your mind. We need to be different uh, from the world. Like not in every single way, you know, we're all pretty much dressed like our neighbors. Right? 
Um, and you know, it's not, a, it's not a difference just for the sake of difference, but if we're following God's way, and uh, I, I love how God's way is, is often uh, the metaphors of a path it's a straight line, right? Don't, di don't divergence over and over again to the, to the left or the right, to the right or the left, whatever. Um, don't turn off it, right? It, does, it often doesn't look like a straight line to us because it's confusing. <laughs> um, and we don't see it clearly, but, but we're supposed to hold to that path. Ask for the ancient paths, uh, the scripture says. Don't, you know, and, and walk in those. Walk in the, in the way that's been handed down to you from your forefathers um, in the Lord. Uh, so from the scripture, we have these things. So just in order to counteract the influence of the world, and you know, I don't need to like, you know, it's on TV, it's in, on Netflix, it's in all the social media, it's, you know, it's, it's the news, it's the everything that we're taking in. And we are taking in so much more of those influences than any king of Israel had access to. Uh, you know, it's just overwhelming if you think about it. I mean, they didn't even have like a newspaper for the world news. I mean, they didn't, you know, if, if Ukraine had been invaded in their day, they, they wouldn't know for perhaps years. Um, so we have all this information pouring into us all the time and it's all affecting us. We like to think it's not really affecting us or it's just informing us but it's all affecting us. Um, and our natural tendency is to go with the flow. You know, we're, 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 we're in the stream and we just wanna go along because that's easier, right? So Paul is calling us, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And our minds are super important. What are we pouring into our minds? You know, and, and most of us are pouring way more of the world's messages into our minds than God's messages. I think that's just, I mean, I think that's just axiomatic. Like, that's what we're getting. And so we really need to work at um, getting the scriptures and God's ways and his path ingrained in us so that it becomes a part of us. And this is part of what I saw in the, in the Puritans, that it was so ingrained in these writers that it was just, this was the the, the world of the scriptures was the world they were swimming in. Not that they weren't affected, you know, by, by unbelievers around them, um, just, as, just as we are, but, but they, they had this concentration and focus on the word of God, and they spent time in it. And you can see that just in their words, how their language works, how they, you know, and, and just how they think about the world. Um, and I believe it's, it's Bible intake um, and prayer, as we'll get to. Uh, just one, uh, well, a couple more scriptures. Um, Psalm 119, you could read any eight verses in a row and uh, find you know, a lot of this. Uh, so I just picked one that, that I saw as I was looking through. Uh, Psalm 119, I'm going to begin in verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. So as I say, you could have picked any chunk of Psalm 119 and seen a lot of the same things. Um, but, but how many ways he talks about the word of God and how many ways he talks about the benefits to him um, you know, he comes in the, in the beginning of this, my soul clings to the dust, give me life according to your word. What more basic need do we have than life? Um, and, and, he, and he talks about make me understand, I will meditate, uh, my soul melts away for sorrow. 
strengthen me. Um, how many of us have not felt like you know, our souls were melting away from sorrow? And we need strength to walk through that, right? Especially if we want to walk through it in a godly way. Um, I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. Um, you know, this is, and that's, you get the sense of this deliberateness, like I'm setting your way before me. This is the path I've chosen. This is what, and I'm putting it in front of me so I don't forget, right? And uh, there's been a history, of course, beginning in, in the days of Israel when they would, when they would attach uh, scriptures to the door, the door front uh, to their forelocks and all that, right? That was scripture. And they were setting it before them in a very physical way. Um, I'm not really going to advocate for putting little boxes with the scriptures on your part of your hairdo. Not that it would be horrible, but it would make you different in a way that might not be uh, the best. But, um, but I mean, I, I write down scriptures and just I have a sticky note in the kitchen and the cupboard that's been there, I think it's still there, oh, is it still there? <laughs> um, that it has a scripture that I wrote down for some reason, and I wrote it on a sticky note, and then I saw it, and I just stuck it up there. It's been up there, and I read it. Um, and it's just helpful. You know, it's just helpful to sort of refocus your mind and get it into you. And many of us have pretty plaques with scriptures around our houses or just phrases on, you know, some decor. Uh, if we read it, you know, we look at it, that's valuable. Um, and we need to make these efforts because of the influence of the world on us. So let's set, set the scriptures before us. Um, and then also in Psalm 119, uh, I just chose these couple of verses because um, they are a couple of verses is verse 36 and 37. And they're verses that I have used for many years um, in prayer before I go to the scriptures particularly on days when I'm just kind of like, I, I got things to do. I don't want to do this. Like, you know, I, I'm not feeling it, Lord. Like, do I really have to? Like, read your word today. And the psalmist here says, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. That's the practice we need to be about, right? If we don't want to be conformed to the world around us, we need to ask the Lord to incline our hearts to his testimonies on those days. That's what I, I mean. I just pray that. I'm like, Lord, I, this section that I'm in in scriptures is boring, okay? And I need help. My heart is not inclined to this. Um, and he answers prayer. Um, he really does. And it doesn't mean that that moment you're going to be all sparked about that genealogy in front of you, but he does answer these prayers, and he does draw us, and he does bless us as we seek to incline our hearts to his testimonies and not to selfish gain. Like, what does that look like? Well, it, you know, it could look like a few more minutes of sleep. It could look like, oh, and I, I need to start work early because, you know, I got things to do. And there are times when those things are fine. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a legalist about these things and say, well, you must, you must. Um, but I think we can recognize this. It's not always necessary. We don't always need to, you know, sleep another 10 minutes. If we do, maybe, maybe we need to adjust bedtime or something. I don't know. Um, or have that time with the Lord at another time of day. I'm, you know, so anyway. Um, we need to turn our eyes from looking at the worthless things, from hearing the worthless things uh, from the world that we hear every day. Um, you know, maybe we don't need to spend, be spending as much time as we are on Facebook or Twitter. And this has just become like, everyone says this, but it's still true. The last verse I want to point to um, is 1 Timothy 4.7. Now, this was a verse that... Um, Dr. Whitney in the class, uh, he had us memorize a couple of verses. Um, and, and I'm not going to recite it to you, although I did memorize it, but I, I wrote down part of it. I'm not sure if I wrote down the whole thing. Um, uh, 
1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Uh, I think another translation might have discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And Dr. Whitney, in his book, has in every single chapter title, for instance, I just opened to stewardship for the purpose of godliness. Every chapter, he reminds his readers, this is the point. It's to be godly. It's to be like Jesus. We want to be like him. We want to grow closer to him. We want to be imitators of him. And that's what spiritual disciplines in general are to be for. It's not to check something off a box. You know, I think, and I, I recognize that most of us, like, we know these things. Um, like Josh was saying, we know them in our heads, right? We know the point is not, you know, to just get it done and, and then God will be pleased. Um, but to get this into our hearts um, and to recognize the beauty of godliness, to really want that in our hearts. And that's something I think, I think if we don't want it, we just need to be praying about it and give me that desire because, because we need that, um, that desire. And the Lord, he loves to answer those prayers. He loves to answer prayers like that. Um, so if you find yourself like, okay, I see, okay, so if I read my Bible and pray every day, uh, I will become more godly. Well, who cares? I mean, you know, in some, in, in, in some way, I think that there's some of that in all of our hearts, right? Like, I'm good enough. Can we just move on? Um, but if we get a grip of the beauty of godliness and the beauty of our Lord, that we could be like him, even a little more like him, uh, that's a great thing. And that's what we want to keep in mind, that the purpose is not you know, to check a box or to earn God's favor. It's not for that. Uh, God is no more pleased with you when you read the scriptures you know, on a regular basis than if you don't. He loves us because we're in Christ. And he's not irritated at us when we doze through our quiet times or whatever. He, he knows that we are dust. At the same time, don't we want to be more like him? Don't we want to follow that straight path that he set out for us? Um, yeah, so we're called to pursue holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, 14. You don't really need to turn to this. Uh, the writer says, strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And now that could be unpacked much more than I'm going to do. Um, but we pursue holiness, not, not so that we will gain access to God, but because we have been freely given that access by the grace of God in Christ. We want to pursue it because we've been given the opportunity to pursue it. We've been given by the Holy Spirit the ability to strive for holiness. And we want to do that. That takes some action on our part. Um, Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. So we work out our salvation, we work out our discipline, our path, our growing in godliness, because God's at work in us. So we don't work it out so that God will then like us better. He loves us more than we can imagine when we have nothing together. He chose us before the foundation of the world when we were useless. We're always useless to him, but he he, he overlooks that. We were useless. We were rebels. We were self-centered. We were arrogant. We were like nothing in us commended us to God, and he chose us. But what a wonder that is. Don't we want to give ourselves to him, know him better, uh, revel in that? Don't we want to experience that joy, as Debbie was saying, the joy of communing with God? So that's the, that's the point. Um, and it, 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 it can easily become a kind of legalistic pursuit. I think we've, you know, 
all of us are adults, we've probably experienced that somewhere along the line, unless we're you know, brand new Christians. Um, at the same time, we do need to discipline ourselves. Uh, it does take work. We need to pursue it. We need to seek it. We need to um, work it out. Work out your own salvation. Um, we need to discipline ourselves. It's an effort. Uh, it's, it's, it's always going to be an effort. Some days are going to be harder than others. Um, and there are ways to make it more enjoyable and thus less of a chore. So that's what I hope we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Um, uh, I just, I've done a lot of ad-libbing. I just don't want to. So yeah, I, 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 when we, we know that we ought to be reading the scriptures and praying. We know that we should be doing this regularly. But we don't always, and we don't always enjoy it when we do. Um, sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. I, that's been my experience. Um, but God is not calling us to just plug on joylessly. There's a time, there are times when it's just going to be hard for a season, and God is using that for his purposes, I believe. He's using that in our lives. But considered, you know, over the course of our lives, it should not be a chore always. That's no fun, but just, okay, I gotta do this. You get up and you like, I gotta do this. Or you go to bed, you think, before I go to bed, I need to do this. Whatever your pattern is. Um, he does call us to persevere, to plug along, uh, but there are joys to be had. And I, and I think we dishonor him when we just do it as a chore, expecting no benefit because he's given it to us. He's given us these means, means of grace, uh, these means to grow closer to him, these means to enjoy him more. So I just leave you with this. Sometimes when it's boring, right, or we're praying the same old things in the same old way or whatever, what if it's not a problem in our hearts? What if it's a problem in our approach to this? Really practically speaking, what if we're not doing it wrong, but what if there are other ways to do it that might freshen it and might be more effective in our hearts and in our lives? Um, so that's what I hope. Most of the rest of the class is gonna be, gonna be really kind of brass tacks practical. Um, hoping to offer some of those new approaches. They may be new, they're, most of them are actually ancient, but, but they might be new to us. Um, a whole lot of different, different kinds of things you could try um, when you're in a rut or when you're you know, finding it joyless. Um, there are ways you can, uh, we'll, we'll talk briefly about memorizing scripture, and there are ways to do that that are, I mean, in my experience, I've, I've had great benefit from actually not, yeah, it doesn't matter, I'll get there. Um, but just absorbing the scriptures. How can we be like the Puritans, who I'm guessing, they may have, I, maybe John knows better than I do, but, but did they sit down you know, with, their, with their app on their phone and like work at memorizing the scripture, or did they just read it so much and absorb it so much that it was in their hearts and in their lives? Did it just flow out? I forget which guy said something like, I, I wanna be such that when you cut me, I bleed scripture. Um, you know, and that's what, that captured my heart 15 years ago. Like, I was like, that's what I want to be. And the only way to do it is to read and read and read. Um, so, but it doesn't have to be read and read and read, right? And in fact, that's not going to be that effective. Okay, so that's where we're going. Um, and again, if you have particular things, particular problems or questions or whatabouts, you can write them down for me. Um, and again, I don't promise I'll address and certainly don't promise I'll fix anything. Um, but just, you know, if there's something in particular that you hoped you would get out of this class, um, write it down. And maybe I'll say it's not really, that's not really going to fit in, uh, but it might be really helpful because I have not like written in stone the whole you know, to be honest, I haven't written the rest of the class. So, um, you know, 
feel free. Um, and I would welcome that. So, do anyone have questions now or comments? I just think that this, I'm hoping this class, well, with what you're doing and the bookstore saying, you know, that may be helpful, will help us grow yeah. closer to God and yeah. make our time alone with God more meaningful. Yep. Yeah, that's the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, I'm, I mean, I don't think these ideas are going to be gimmicky, you know. And many times they are ancient practices. Some of them are more modern, uh, you know. I think. I, um, and I and I don't think, you know, I, I you know, I hope not to make it. You know, it, it shouldn't be insurmountable to do this. You know, it should not be. It doesn't need to take hours and hours of your day. You don't need to, as I said, I did for a season. I don't still do it. But you don't need to read through the scriptures with repetition of Psalms in the New Testament three times in a year in order to benefit um, from the kinds of things I'm going to throw out at you. You may decide you want to, and I would encourage it. but. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to be, I don't want it to be intimidating, and I hope it's not. Um, yeah. But, well, if there's anything, oh, go ahead. Will you give us homework? Uh, so, I kind of will, but the other thing I want to do is we're going to practice some things right in class. So rather than just tell you and say, okay, go home and try that, I want to do it in class because, because who does their homework, right? I mean, <laughs> You know, how often are you actually going to go, oh, I want to try that and do it? Now, now, some of you absolutely will, but some of us just wouldn't. And uh, so I want to, I will give some time um, actually in class to try some of these different things. So I hope that's practical and not intimidating, but uh, I'm going to ask for some participation. Um, yeah, good question. Yeah. So again, I just want to mention the book again. Uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. He has another book called Praying the Bible, which we'll be covering um, also in this class. That's a skinny little book. Uh, and, and again, he covers a lot more than I'm going to touch in this class. Um, and, you know, I spent eight weeks listening to lectures by him and engaging with him in, in live uh, Zoom sessions and things like that. And he just has, he has a heart for this. He is passionate about regular people in the pew pursuing godliness in serious ways. You know, by serious, I don't mean, you know, way too hard ways. <laughs> but let's be purposeful. Let's discipline ourselves. And, the, and there's a lot of encouragement. There's a lot of good stories. I'm not a big storyteller, but he is. So there's some fun things in here. It's an easy read. Um, there are a lot of practical things. If you read it, I'll be repeating a lot of the stuff, but, um, but only in those chapters that I'm actually going to cover. So I, I do recommend it, and it is in the bookstall. So let's just close in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, you have given us your word your word, your message for us, your instructions. You have given us history and stories and poems and prophecies and visions of the future. You've given us the precious accounts of our Lord Jesus so we can see him more clearly and love him more dearly. Lord, all this you have given to us and then you didn't stop there. You gave us access to yourself, Lord, that we can pray and you will hear us, really hear us, even when it just sounds like nonsense and often is. You hear us and you draw near and you desire to hear us. Lord, fill us with the wonder of that, the privilege we have to seek the scriptures, to seek you in prayer, to be drawn closer to you. Oh, Father, would you help us? Give us that desire for godliness that will 
push us forward in this pursuit. Help us as we move on in this class uh, to learn some new uh, approaches to scriptures and to prayer that would, um, that would help us to benefit even more from time we set aside for you. Lord, I just pray that your word would bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.